You're listening to Preaching Source, a ministry of Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary's School of Preaching. I'm your host, Professor Barry McCarty. Our guest on Preaching Source today is Dr. Brad Jerkovich. He's the senior pastor of First Baptist Church, Bossier City, Louisiana. And it's an interesting ministry. This is a multi-generational church that is reaching all kinds of families throughout northwest uh, Louisiana, America, and the world. Uh, he and his wife, Stephanie, have four children. And prior to moving to First Bossier, Dr. Jerkovich served as the founding pastor of Victory Life Church in Lubbock. And before answering that call, he traveled throughout America preaching citywide outreach events and youth camps and uh, numerous other uh, varied venues. So he's had a lot of experience in preaching and evangelism. Uh, he's a graduate of Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary and Southwestern with the Doctor of Ministry. So, uh, Brad, welcome to Preaching Source. Thank you so much, Dr. McCarty. Really glad to be here, buddy. Uh, several years ago, you preached a message at the Louisiana Baptist Convention Pastors Conference addressing a group of pastors you said if we are not careful, pastors can develop a dull heart. Can you talk to us? So, so what, what did you mean, develop a dull heart, and how does a preacher keep from doing that? Well, obviously, Dr. McCarty, you know, when you're pastoring, when you're preaching, you're there's a lot of pressures, there's a lot of challenges with that, and sometimes we start to drift towards what's comfortable and routine, and obviously we don't want as pastors and preachers to get a dull heart towards just the things of God, the heartbeat of God, His Word, okay, uh, the Spirit of God in our lives. We want to make sure His Spirit is absolutely fueling everything we do, right? And so I think just as a pastor, you need to be aware of that, uh, sensitive to that, and just do some constant evaluation. And so obviously, practically, um, you want to make sure you have a discipline of just walking with the Lord. That's a daily time with God. There's times away when it's just you and the Lord. Maybe you and your spouse just need to get with God and just say, how are we doing, Lord? You know, just asking those questions constantly because the pastor, the people, the work of God, it demands a heart that's fired up for Jesus. Doesn't mean it's always easy, but it's being aware of that. I, I think as well, um, get out of the routine of maybe what you're doing. Go to that youth camp, you know, with your teenagers. Go to that kids camp. Um, maybe there's a new ministry you want to start. Uh, at our church, we launched a brand new ministry this past year called our Vertical Leadership Lunch. It's just looking at all these folks involved in the business world in Northwest Louisiana and said, you know what, why don't we minister to them? Let's create a, a luncheon that's a, a unique opportunity to address things that they're dealing with, obviously with a Christian context, build some relationships. But Dr. McCarty, it was something new. And so for me as a pastor, it was one of those things where I was like, okay, Lord, this may not work, but it might. So let's try something new. And so it allowed us to kind of push ourselves. So being aware daily, evaluating your heart, just staying sharp and uh, sensitive to the things of God, that, I think that's just really important and healthy, you know, for your walk in life. Hmm. Uh, talk to us a little bit about the importance of expository preaching in, in your ministry and, and why that's, that's something that captures your heart and imagination. I think it's, it's vitally important. Um, a, a pastor met with me years ago before I was really stepping into that calling of pastor, and he said, look, Brad, you're going to need to lead the flock, feed the flock, and protect the flock. I mean, when you look at First Peter 5 and that whole challenge and admonition to believe, or to preachers and leaders of the local church ministry, but when you think about that, feeding the flock, I mean, at the end of the day, um, your flock doesn't need just your latest opinion or tweet. 
Um, they need the Word of God. And so as a pastor, you've got to look at the Word of God, the whole counsel of God, and know this is what my people need. And so we want to explain the text, we want to apply the text and challenge them to live out what God's Word calls us to do. So expository preaching is just that commitment to know, look, Paul said it, this is the Word of God. It's inspired, it's true. That gives me confidence as a preacher that no matter what the issue or topic is, when I lead my flock through the Word of God, a section of a book, the whole book, whatever it is, explain the text, applying it, you know it's going to benefit them. You know it's going to stretch them. You know it's going to um, teach them the truths that they need for life and making a difference for Jesus. And so expository preaching is just the best discipline and practice as a preacher, pastor, to feeding your flock. And I think that's really helpful. Hmm. Now, in, in your current ministry at uh, First Bossier City, you, your church has undergone a remarkable uh, period of growth, and you've attributed that to a focus on reaching children and families. Uh, talk, talk to us, give us some insight into that. Yeah, I just think it's really important. You know, I went to this church, and uh, when we use the term multi-generational, that's really a cool thing. You've got, you know, a, an older generation part of the congregation. It's a church that's existed for many decades. You've got younger families and so forth. But the real heartbeat, I think, of any ministry, Dr. McCarty, when you look at it, if you want to reach every generation, then reach kids and families. Because when you reach children, you're going to reach moms and dads. You're going to reach their parents. You're going to reach extended family. I think that's healthy for any growing church, even for a new church plant. If you're coming in and saying, well, we're just going to reach college-age students for the next 10 years, well, you know, there can be some imbalance there. I mean, at the end of the day, they're going to be getting married. They're going to be having children. So why not set the tone from the outset, whether it's a church plant or an existing congregation, to say, we're going to reach every generation. And I've just found that when you reach kids and families, everybody can buy into that. I've not met one senior adult who said, you know, I don't want my grandkids to know about Christ or to grow in the Lord. And so that was really cool going into First Bossier because early on, I think they sensed that they'd kind of plateaued a little bit and looked at things. Nothing negative. It was just the reality of where we were. And they looked at me and Stephanie and said, well, we've got four younger kids, and we better reach kids and families. And they bought into it very, very quickly. And that was, that was very exciting. In, in fact, more so much so. You know, they'll tell you when you go to a new church, Dr. McCarty, that don't change a thing. You know, just listen to people that first year don't do anything. Well, that's what I was committed to do. But the more small groups that I visited, the more I heard vision and passion for ministry. And they would ask me questions like, Pastor Brad, why can't we do some sports outreach here at First Bossier that you were doing at your church in West Texas? And I said, well, I've only been here a couple months. I really don't even know what all we have or what the possibilities are. But they said, you know, let's do that flag football league, you know, with Upward and those kind of things. And I thought, well, maybe the Lord's stirring here. And I tell you, Dr. McCarty, I began to talk to some of our staff, and then I began to talk to some members that had been there a long time, and then some newer families. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I said, what if we develop some kind of sports outreach? What could we do? And they said, Pastor Brad, we own that track of land right next to our campus. We just paid, you know, X amount two years ago. It was just sitting there. So literally within three months, we put together a plan for this sports outreach complex called Freedom Fields that has three turf football fields now that is for soccer, flag football, and all of our special events. So for our Easter um, extravaganza, the day before Easter Sunday, we had 4,500 families from all over Northwest Louisiana come. So now it's become this central, <clears throat> central spot to do outreach. Our flag football leagues, our soccer leagues have grown from 100 to 350 each. 
that's a thousand people every Saturday watching kids. And you know what? Know something cool? So now, when in Shreveport they host the Independence Bowl, so now the two teams that come, an ACC team and so forth, they'll come. Now they want to practice at Freedom Fields, and every one of these guys comes and says, you know, so what schools is a part of? I said, no, this is our church. We wanted to do it for outreach to the community. And the thing is, it has set a tone for our church. They're blown away that we would invest to build bridges with our community to share Christ. The other thing that we've seen with it, too, is it doesn't matter if you're Asian, Hispanic, African-American, white. It has connected with every um, background and race. It's really been cool. And so the church has been excited because it's set a tone that we're committed to outreach. Again, it's not the only thing we've done, but it's when you talk about reaching kids and families, everybody can buy into that. I think that's what's been exciting. Mm-hmm. As a pastor, how how do you uh, reach families from the pulpit? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think one of the things that I've found uh, when you're talking about connecting with families, I like to uh, do the welcome time. So when you're talking about from the pulpit, you're on the platform, I like to lead that guest welcome time right out of the gate. Um, I like to highlight ministry areas that help us connect with families in our church. In other words, as a pastor, I'll bring up a, a staff member to say, hey, you know, a couple of weeks ago we hosted this event or we did this initiative through our ministry. Tell us a little bit about that. Or um, we'll do Operation Christmas Child. We're the collection center for all of that region for Operation Christmas Child. I'll bring some of our lay leaders who are up doing things. Because when I interview people for just five minutes, it allows them to see Pastor Brad, not just as the preacher, but as the pastor, and we're connecting, and we're facilitating ministry. So whether it's the guest welcome, whether it's um, uh, doing interviews like that from time to time, during our uh, offering time, I always highlight some ministry initiative to say, because of your giving, it allowed us to give this to this ministry. Again, that's connecting with families. And then in my message, it's one of the reasons why I try to, I don't always try to, I don't want to force it. It's one of the reasons why I'll try to share a personal story or two as an illustration or a moment. Not, I don't like to just share a story just to share it. I want it to connect with the text and illustrate something and move something. But that being that kind of transparent or being that transparent in your message can be very helpful when you connect. I'll tell you another way that we found is really connected with families um, through video. So sometimes I'll do a fun video and, and just not just to be silly, but to do something strategic Um, we've done these special events like honor our heroes for our military community and all that. Well, I did a video where we created this character where I was, I was Tad Fisher and I was trying to be a, uh, an air force pilot at Barksdale air force base. I didn't know if the generals and all them would, would, you know, really get mad or what, but I was willing to get out there and they loved it because I think they, they want you to be the preacher. They want you to preach God's word, but they also want to know you can connect with them and shepherd them and, and minister to them. So it, there's some creative ways that uh, pastors can do that. It can be very helpful. All right. You, you have this diverse congregation, lots of age groups, all the way from you know, little people to uh, older adults. How, how, does, uh, how does a faithful biblical expositor do expository preaching for such a wide age range of people? Are, are there different adaptations that you have to make, or how do you think about that in terms of, you know, hey, as an expositor, how do I get the message connected to all these different kinds of people? You know, I'll tell you, I think um, being an expository preacher, you, 
yes, you need to make sure. I think any preaching, you want to make sure it's clear. You don't, you know, you, what is the main point of this text? Make it clear so just anybody can grasp that singular text, that singular subject. Here's what we're dealing with. Here's what God's Word, you know, is, is saying to us today. And I think that's where, as a, as a preacher, you're walking through a text, you're walking through a book, and it's where, through application, through an illustration, through moments like that, where you go, I want to make sure that fifth grader can absorb what God's Word is saying here. Okay, not that God's Word isn't sufficient on its own, but as a communicator, you want to make sure a concept or a truth or a principle is shared and laid out there where they can apply it and absorb it. And sometimes, throughout my message, I'll say, look, some of you young adults, some of you college students, you know, as a teenager, here's what this means for your life. Some of you guys in elementary school, you know when you're talking to your parents, here's where this truth applies. So, you know, or adults of every age, I mean, all those kind of things, whether it's money, whether it's just righteousness or walking in godliness, you know, how do you unpack that for your congregation? So expository preaching should never be boring. It should be the truth. You're explaining it, unpacking it. Here's what God's Word says. But I do think it's important to be sensitive. And I'll tell you this, even if you're dealing with something like if you're t- going through some biblical text that, let's say it's Ephesians 5, and you're talking about marriage. Well, obviously, a fifth grader is going to have a hard time. But that's where you say, hey, for younger, don't tune out. This is why this is important. God gives us truths and principles. So pray for your parents that they can model that. And as you grow older, understand this is God's plan. You're not going to see this in your television shows. This is God's plan. So I think it's being sensitive to address those things and speak to them. I think they appreciate when the pastor just looks them in the eye and says, hey, listen, you're going to grapple with this, and this is what this means. You know, I think that can be very helpful. All right. Uh, Hardcore church member who goes to Bible study and comes to church with their Bible open and a notebook and a pen in hand, and they're ready when the sermon starts, and they want to hear good, deep biblical exposition. What about that guest? What about that newcomer? How, How do you bridge... Uh, the gap from a steady diet of good exposition to that person who may have never been exposed to it. Yeah, I I think that's really important. So on any given Sunday, you're going to have that dynamic, right? You're going to have guests that are new. They may be new to the faith. They may not be a believer at all. They're just attending, right? And so I think as as the Bible preacher, you're walking through, let's say you're walking through Romans and you're going through those truths and you're talking about, you know, we're, we're in Christ and there's no condemnation. I think you explain the text, you're teaching the text, and you and as a pastor, you're saying, believers, this is what God mean, is saying to us. This is what this means. Some of you here today, you've never wrestled with that truth. Do you know what this means for your life? So I just think, and oftentimes, Dr. McCarty, from the outset, I'll, I'll, I'll bring home the, the main idea right out of the gate. This is what God's saying to us. Let's walk through that text today. But I'll say, some of you are brand new to the faith. Or some of you are just watching right now on our Facebook Live or something, and you're just going, what does Christianity mean? And I said, you're going to have an opportunity to respond yourself today to these truths. You may not understand it right now, but I'm telling you, we're praying that God speaks to you. So I think just acknowledging that, by the way, it's why I want to do the welcome, because when I say to people, man, you're brand new, you may be new to First Bossier, you may be new to the faith, maybe you have questions about our church, maybe you have questions about Christianity. We can't wait to connect with you today and help you do that. So right out of the gate, you're acknowledging their presence. You're acknowledging the fact that they're sitting there probably going, I don't have a clue what I'm doing here. But I think once they realize you're aware of that, 
Then they go, I may not understand or agree with everything, but I'm at least willing to give you a listen. So I think you are strong. And as a pastor, you want the body of Christ to grow in the faith. You want them to be strong in that truth. So you have to unpack that for them. But I think just from time to time throughout your message, connecting with those that you are aware they may not understand or get or they're brand new. I think that's really healthy. Hmm. Uh, one of our recent guests uh, here on Preaching Source was Junior Hill, uh, the granddaddy of the you know the current uh, Southern Baptist uh, evangelist. We uh, we think of him as the greatest, maybe of the living evangelist. Uh, but here you are, Brad, a younger guy who uh, has had a life as a traveling evangelist. So are are revivals still effective? Is there still a role for? those special evangelistic crusades and revivals and those kinds of things that we associate with Junior Hill's generation. Yeah, absolutely. They may not be called revivals, Dr. McCarty. I do think that there are pastors and churches that when I was a part of a more intentional, if you want to just simply describe it as a revival ministry, you know, the guest preacher was brought in. It was a time of intentional strategic prayer for a congregation or a community. It was a time where people said, you know, I want to be extra intentional for that neighbor that I've known for six months, but I need to make sure I'm talking to them about Jesus. So there's that revival side. There's that evangelistic uh, fruit of all that. So I think they're still very valid. They may not call it a revival, although I think that's a very healthy word to your church where we say, look, uh, for example, um, maybe it's not bringing in a guest speaker all the time to do that, but maybe it's when a pastor does what we try to do right out of the gate in January of this year. We called it FB 30 Days. We said, we want as a church body, I've, I've written out scriptures, we're going to have prayer focuses, we're going to have people that we're sharing Christ with. So for the next 30 days as a church, every day, and we're going to equip you and call you to it, not just from the pulpit on Sundays, but every day through social media, this is a moment where in, collectively as the body of Christ, we're going to be intentionally asking God to do something new and fresh in our hearts, set our focus, make sure it's on him. So revival meetings were such a cool way for a local congregation to connect, uh, get to know each other a little bit better, just spend a few days together. You see the same dynamic with youth camp. You know, when the kids get away for a few days and can focus on the Lord. So anytime a pastor in church can do that, Dr. McCarty, they may not call it a revival meeting. It may be a call to prayer. I've seen a lot of pastors do like 24-hour, you know, cleansing of the temple or a prayer moment. So it may not always involve a guest preacher, although I would certainly do that, and we have, but it may be just a strategic time for your ministry to focus on the Lord in a, in a fresh way. And I think that's always beneficial, big time. Our guest on Preaching Source today has been Dr. Brad Jerkovich from uh, First Baptist Church, Bossier City, Louisiana. And in addition to some superb content, I hope you've been able to hear through his voice the infectious, winsome enthusiasm <laughs> that he approaches ministry with. Uh, I've learned as much from that today, from your attitude, Pastor, as uh, as from the content. But thank you uh, for being with us on Preaching Source. Well, I love what you do, sir, and I love Southwestern Seminary and what all God's doing. Just praying that God will continue to move, man, in a great way.